Welcome to Real Estate Talk. We are part of the Switch Media Group, producing Real Estate Talk, RE Uncut, Property News Update, Property Tech Talk, Downsizes Show, Offshore 101, and two weekly CoreLogic auction update shows, the preview on Friday, and the review with all the results and a look inside the top sales in each state on Monday. The preview on Friday and the review with all the results and a look inside the top sales in each state on Monday. We stream them all live on all social media channels and YouTube. And then they all live at propertytv.io, where you can watch them at any time. The shows are made possible with support from BMT Tax Depreciation and Propertyology. Real Estate Talk is a proud member of the Property Investment Professionals of Australia. And now with a look at what's lined up for this week, here is your host, Kevin Turner. Hello once again and welcome to the show. Over 1 million homeowners have already contacted or plan to contact their lender regarding a pause in their mortgage repayments. Taylor Blackburn, who is a money specialist at Finder, says that in fact should be your last alternative. We talk about what the alternatives are with Taylor today. Buying a property is one of, if not the biggest decisions of your life. And when you buy it at auction, well, it can be terrifying as well. It even frightens agents, believe it or not. Buyer's agent Veronica Morgan has written about it in her book called Auction Ready. Tim Lawless takes us behind the scenes to dig through some data that clearly indicates what direction the market's headed in. The indicators we talked to Tim about today in the show are no doubt going to be the ones most buyers and sellers will be focused on in the future. Continued price growth, tightening supply and an early rebound in sales transactions are placing Perth's property market in a very strong stead for a faster rebound than other major markets around Australia. That's according to Momentum Wealth's Emma Everett. Emma joins me and we talk exactly about what those indicators are. And finally, the fractional investment platform Domacon has a new model for seniors' equity release that takes a different approach to the more traditional reverse mortgage. We discuss it with Domacon's Warren Gibson, and there are some outstanding features that it offers as well. All that and more, let's get underway. Well, it might seem like a very good idea to defer your mortgage repayments, which is on offer from the banks as we go through this crisis, but what does it really mean? It should be a last resort, according to money specialist at Finder, Taylor Blackburn, who joins me. Taylor, thanks again for your time. Kevin, thanks for having me. It's amazing, uh, looking at your research, just how many homeowners have already contacted uh, the bank to defer their mortgages, about 1.2 million homeowners. Yeah, yeah. So it, it gives you an idea of just just how many people are are kind of feeling the pinch, and it's it's 1.7 million renters. So we're looking at about three million people overall um, that are trying to get uh, some help with their housing payments. Yeah, and you're looking at uh, 1.7 million renters there, as you said, um, and they're in obviously 1.7 million homes that are owned by investors. So investors, whether or not they're mortgage holders, are still going to be struggling a bit too. So the numbers just get um, quite concerning, I would have thought, Tata. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the the idea of, uh, you know, mortgage deferment being a holiday, I think, is also a bit of a misnomer because, you know, the uh, the meter is still running in, in that uh, in that cab. Yeah, that's something that hasn't been given a lot of air, and that is the fact that 
that it's a deferral. That's all it is. And that money yeah. is going to have to be repaid at some stage with interest. Can you give us an example? Uh, your research has dug into, you know, doing some comparisons. Say on a $500,000 loan, what would it mean if I deferred? Yeah, so let's say you'd taken out a loan 10 years ago and you decide you want to have a six-month uh, uh, holiday. Um, you end up paying an extra about eleven grand uh, over the remaining 20 years of the loan. And that's if, if your interest rate was at 3.9%. So if it's higher than that, you'd be looking at, at even more. So yeah. it, it's, quite a, uh, it's quite a number. Yeah, because we're not looking there at deferring $11,000 worth of payments. That's what it comes out to by the time you add the interest and then compound that over the, the period of the loan. So we've got to be looking at about 3.9. A, a great opportunity for someone to be looking around for a cheaper mortgage rate, I guess. Plays right into your field, yeah. Taylor. It does. It does. It is a, it's a good time to compare. In fact, the, the latest ABF figures from March um, said that this is the, there were more – uh, more people doing a refinance, whether it was internal with their own lender or external, um, than they've ever uh, tracked. And the total amount, I think it's like $11 billion um, in terms of people refinancing. So it's definitely a good time. And uh, there are lots and lots of rates that start with two. So if yours doesn't, that's, that's definitely a good good place to start. Yeah, just on that point about uh, refinancing, uh, CoreLogic's figures this week showing that about 71% of all uh, finance activity in in the recent weeks has been down to refinancing. So obviously your platforms m- must be pretty busy right now, Taylor. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And there's lots of uh, lots of different options depending on your personal situation, but it it almost uh, it almost always pays to uh, to get a lower rate on on these large loans. Is there any a demographic, any age group that seems to be uh, struggling more than any other? Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's it's hurting the, the young Australians more than the older ones. So only about one percent of uh, baby boomers said that they were going to contact uh, their real estate agent or their lender for for help. Um, where it's about 26% when you talk about Gen Z and Gen Y. So um, quite a, a stark difference, um, whether you're, you're just getting started or, or you're more established. Yeah, we're certainly going to be learning a lot of lessons out of this, Taylor. I guess, uh, you know, cut down on our expenses, make sure that we do get out and renegotiate the mortgage to make sure we're getting the very best rates. A good time for us to be doing those, uh, developing those kind of disciplines, I would guess. It, it is, and 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 that said, I mean, I think it's still um, it's still a decent time to be looking to buy. I mean, I know you've touched on this in a lot of uh, a lot of the other um, interviews that, that you've done, but uh, there, there's still you know if you if you're somebody who has a deposit saved and you're looking to be opportunistic, I, I think there because um, you know there are a lot of people in this situation. It actually. Uh, makes for a good time to buy it in some situations. Okay, hunt around. If your mortgage uh, interest uh, doesn't have a two in front of it, then it's time to shop around. Finder.com.au has been um, uh, the site that we recommend you go and have a look at. Taylor Blackburn uh, is a money specialist from Finder. Taylor, thanks for your time. Thank you, Kevin. Up next, Veronica Morgan will join me and we talk about her new book, which is called Auction Ready. She's got an interesting way to describe it. I'll let her tell you that. That's coming up next. This is Real Estate Talk. There could be more money in your investment property than you realise. 
BMT Tax Depreciation finds, on average, between $5,000 and $10,000 in deductions in the first full financial year for residential property investors. They'll work with your accountant to make sure no depreciation deduction is missed. They even provide comprehensive ATO-compliant tax depreciation schedules that last the life of the property, up to 40 years, and their fee is 100% tax deductible. Call BMT Tax Depreciation on 1300 728 726 now for a free assessment of your likely deductions. That's 1300 728 726 or use the link at Real Estate Talk. Buying a property is one of, if not the biggest decisions of your life. And when you do it at auction, well, it, I can tell you it can be terrifying. Uh, even uh, It even frightens agents, believe it or not. Buyer's agent Veronica Morgan has written a book about it, and the book is called Auction Ready, and she joins me. G'day, Veronica. How are you doing? Oh, hello, Kevin. How are you? Yeah, now, I'm great, thanks. Now, as a buyer's agent, I guess you've got to face this fear quite often. Um, it, I don't know about you, but every time I would call an auction, I'd be nervous, um, and, and I always used to say to myself, if I'm not nervous then I'm not doing a good job. I, th- I think nerves are one thing. you just got to get the butterflies to fly in the same direction. Yeah, that's a good way of it. I think um, from my point of view, my heart can race during an auction and quite often people say to me afterwards, oh my God, you're so calm. And I'm like, if only you knew. <laughs> I mean, they're not easy situations to, to navigate and, and that's from an expert's point of view when it's actually not my money and so I don't have all that added layer of emotion. Um, but, you know, they are nerve-wracking performances. Sometimes when it's your own money, you can you can make those decisions and rationalise it easy, but when you're spending money on behalf of someone else, I reckon that actually raises the stress level a bit because you want to make sure you're doing the right thing, Veronica. Well, it's certainly, I mean, it's certainly something I don't take lightly. I no. just, um, when it comes to spending somebody else's money, I'm less likely to have those emotional reactions during the auction that might cause me to knee-jerk and actually do things that wouldn't really best in, be in my best interest. Whereas if it's my own money, I'm much, I'm just as susceptible to having my subconscious mind take over as the next person, even with all the, the education and the pla- planning and the preparation and, and the understanding that I have. So it's, it's fraught. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I guess too, and I, I do want to talk to you about this. So we'll get back to the book in just a moment. Um, but I want to talk about on-site auctions because, with an on-site auction, sorry, not on-site auctions, um, online auctions, with an mm. online auction, you can almost remain just a little bit removed because you're not there performing in front of other people. But how really have the online auctions performed in this era of COVID? I think they've been a bit of a mixed bag, really, because quite a lot of agents actually withdrew properties anyway. So, so you can see that without an agent having confidence in the actual um, method, then it will be difficult for it to fly anyway. I think auctioneers have had to get used to performing to a camera, not an audience uh, or a different audience, if you like. And um, and actual bidders themselves really, uh, you know, I think we all underestimate how important social proof is in our decision making. And so when you're sitting sort of in a room on a device or even if you're on the telephone, it's really quite difficult for people to uh, gauge, you know, what else is going on or what else is what's really happening. Yeah. And I think that a lot of buyers during auction, what I see is, is social proof is, is can be quite damaging to buyers because they do look for reassurance to other bidders 
and that is quite scary. So that's removed in an online bidding scenario. However, quite often buyers sit on their hands and don't do anything if they don't get the encouragement of other buyers doing yeah. things. Uh, or that's bidding. exactly right. I know in, in uh, next week's uh, real estate talk show, you, you catch up with Damien Cooley, uh, auctioneer extraordinaire, mm. and talk to him about that. He makes some interesting points next week um, where he, he talks about how agents have embraced this. And I, I guess coming from a very low platform, while we did see a lot of properties withdrawn, uh, whether that was because of the agent's hesitancy or whether sellers were just not confident. But there has been a lift in the number. It's going to be interesting to see if it continues, uh, Veronica. Yeah, I think one of the things Damien talked about is the potential for a hybrid model. So that will be interesting. I don't think people should tune in and listen to that one. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think I, I go to auctions uh, a lot, sometimes just as a spectator, not always as a participant. And and I, I, it always astounds me the people that actually would get on the phone with an agent and actually bid, have the agent bid on their behalf. Oh, actually, this is a sales agent I'm talking about. You know, they can't see anything. They're, you know, they're way worse off than I guess somebody who's on in an online situation when they can actually see a video. It one, I guess, the biggest um, the question is. Can you just see the auctioneer or can you see the other bidders? And that's where you get um, the lack of transparency, I guess, that has been an issue that's come up uh, in this period of COVID anyway. Yeah, well, of course, that that debate goes on and on and on about, you know, who does the uh, agent really work for? And I guess if they were bidding or taking bids on behalf of a buyer, that you'd like to think they're working for the buyer. But I I guess there's always that doubt and and hence – the increase in popularity of buyers agents, and now I know this is playing your, from your deck of cards, but but I, I do <laughs> believe that that um, that transparency is a very important factor, and one of the reasons why buyers agents have become so much more popular, Veronica. Well, it's, transparency is an interesting concept when it comes to real estate because, of course, the auction is you know the on-site auction, I should say, is a very transparent um, event especially when you've got a situation in, in most states, not all states, but most states where you have to register in order to bid. So you know that anybody's holding a bidder's card is actually registered. Um, also, you are, you know, I guess on-site versus in rooms, there's a difference there as well. Um, I think I'm going off track here a bit, but um, the, the buyer's agent's role is very much to take away all the mystique of all that and actually focus very much on the actual property itself and the competitive situation, what that property is worth, how important it is to the actual buyer, um, to really keep a clear focus on that. And so you actually go into an auction with a proper and clear bidding strategy and having set your limit before you go in there. And this is where a lot of buyers make mistakes when they try and do it on their own. They just don't do that. Your book, let's get back to your book because that's the main focus of what I wanted to talk to you about. And I know you have no difficulty talking about your book, but uh, Auction Ready, why did you write it? Is this just a compilation of all that experience from you know you witnessing how wrong people can get it if they don't do their research? Yeah, look, it, it is a compilation of you know 20 years' experience. But why I wrote it was because I see so many people go to auctions thinking they're prepared and in the middle of the auction, it, it obviously dawns on them that they're not prepared. And I find that just horrendous, given the importance uh, and the amount of money that's involved and also the importance of making these really good decisions around buying property. So I just thought, look, there's some really, really fundamental things that people do wrong. Uh, if I can only get them to just fix those things, they'll be in a much better position than, uh, than they currently are. 
But then, of course, I got started writing and it just went on and on and on. So there's, there's a lot more information there than simply, you know, those couple of things that would make a buyer's life a little bit better and easier at auction. Is there another book like uh, Auction Ready 2? Is that on the way? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's probably a few more books in me, actually, to be honest. Um, really? Auction is a big passion of mine, though, and it, and it really does bring in all the the elements of psychology and buying property. It, it brings them all to a head. So I find it just endlessly fascinating. Find the book. It's well worth reading, especially if you're – well, even if you're just interested in understanding how the auction works. But if you're going to bid at one, well, I'd strongly suggest you get this book and read it before you bid. It's called Auction Ready. Uh, Veronica Morgan is the author. She's from Good Deeds Property Buyers, and she's a regular guest on our show. And she'll be hosting a few interviews from next week, too, on Real Estate Talk, so watch out for that. Hey, Veronica, uh, we can get the book anywhere, I guess, or is there an online store we can go to? You can the easiest way to go to getauctionready.com.au. Okay. All right, getauctionready.com.au. Veronica, thank you, Medea. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you, Kevin. See you then. This is Real Estate Talk. Good morning and welcome to the show once again. Good to be back with you Saturday morning talking real estate. Uh, no doubt the you know the COVID-19 pandemic is really reshaping the way our world is interconnected and how we do business and how we live our lives. And property, of course, is no exception. One of the major asset classes. Um, Tim Lawless from CoreLogic joins me, um, as he did last week, a wonderful insight into the market. Tim, thanks again for your time. G'day, Kevin. I was uh, taken by, and I'd like to just talk quickly about your early market indicators report, which came out during the week. An interesting insight, and I think, if anything, is one of the best reports for letting us know where we're going, what it's likely to be like in a few months' time. So we might just go into that and also some of the recent activities, Tim. But pre-listing activity, I know that that's something that CoreLogic monitors, and this is agents doing this competitive market analysis. Yeah, so the pre-listings activity is essentially monitoring uh, real estate agent activity and, and how busy they are uh, generating reports to prepare properties for sale. So IP Data has about a 75% share of, of real estate agents using uh, that platform. So it's virtually a real-time view on, on how uh, active the sector is and how many properties are being prepared to enter the market. So the news historically, at least uh, since since late March, has been pretty glum. Real estate agent activity was down about 60% compared to a year ago, highlighting how tough that sector had been. Coming in after Easter, we did see uh, a bit of a pickup in, in agent activity. But the last couple of weeks, it's been a much more consistent improvement. In fact, the last uh, week, just looking at a sort of seven-day uh, change, uh, activity across the sector is up about 11%. And you can see that uh, very specifically in some of the states that earlier started to relax their uh, their, their um, social distancing policies specific to housing. So it started in WA and then it spread into New South Wales, and now we're seeing a lift in in Queensland and other markets around agent activity, which does imply that uh, we probably will see some more properties uh, coming on the marketplace in terms of new listings. Interesting when you look at the comparison in your graph, um, you show 2019, 2020, and we see that big dip that happened what late part of April last year. That was Easter. So last oh, year, okay. Easter was nine days later. So the Easter dip this year was, uh, was a little bit later than the previous year. So a year-on-year comparison becomes a little bit harder during that Easter period. But now we're, we're well out of that, uh, that comparison period and we can see that uh, um, agent activity is still well down from a year ago. It's down about 30% actually. 
it's, uh, it, that, that gap is starting to narrow. Let's have a look at newly listed properties, which sort of lags a, a little bit behind the, the pre-listing activity. So we are seeing uh, generally new listings coming onto the marketplace uh, are generally very low. Uh, over the past week, we've seen for sale listings take a little bit of a lift. They're up about 12% compared to the previous week. But comparing back to the same time a year ago, uh, new listing numbers coming to the marketplace are down by nearly 40%. So it does highlight that uh, you know we saw that, that plunge in real estate agent activity pre-Easter that resulted in uh, a real sharp fall in new listings coming on the market. It seems to have stabilized over the past couple of weeks and is now just starting to tick a little bit higher. As you'd expect, we're probably seeing now vendor confidence is improving thanks to the fact that they can hold open homes, they can hold an on-site auction, and we've even broadly seen consumer sentiment uh, lifting over the past six weeks as well, which is probably flowing through now to better sentiment as well for home buyers and sellers. Yeah, really interesting too to see mortgage activity um, almost parallel uh, 2020, uh, 2020 to 2019, Tim. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. So mortgage activity tracks the number of valuations being conducted across Valex, which is a platform that accounts for around about 85% of bank valuation instructions. So it's, it's a really good real-time view on mortgage-related activity. So what we're seeing in those valuation numbers is it's being held up quite nicely by a huge amount of refinancing activity going on. Uh, that's simply mortgagors looking around for the best deal, uh, uh, mortgage brokers shopping around for the best deal and the best valuation as well, whereas valuations for the purchase of property is still under some downwards pressure, um, well below where it was a year ago. So I think a bit of a bit of a false um, outcome in, in that graph in many ways in that it's being held up quite nicely by a lot of refinancing activity. Yes. But valuations for purchasing properties is relatively low. Yeah, if you're looking at refinancing, uh, that's uh, a, a, well somewhat of a huge lift, isn't it? Seventy three point five one percent of all refinancing of all financing is refinancing as opposed to purchasing. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a funny way to look at it. So that about 75% of the activity across that platform is refinance related, whereas in reality, refinancing only comprises about 35% of mortgage activity. So it really highlights there's a lot of shopping around yes. by mortgage brokers on the platform. But you can see in the year-on-year change, refi activity is up about 40% compared to last year, whereas uh, we're seeing valuations for the purchase is down about 19% compared to last year. So, uh, big difference. Yeah, during the week too, a bit more fuel to the fire of a conversation you and I had last week about a potential 30% drop in real estate values. Um, ComBank, I think, coming out during the week, you mentioned, uh, and that was uh, a part of their worst case scenario, which, of course, everyone's going to grab onto and and want to talk about, Tim. Yeah, so, so CBA did release their, uh, their quarterly results on Wednesday this week, and uh, Part of that that, uh, that presentation from the CEO and that comment was around their views on on the economic outcomes, and uh, that, that included a housing price forecast. Their base case, which seems pretty mainstream, was that housing values will probably see about an 11% fall. But of course, the media did jump on uh, their worst case scenario, which was predicated that uh, next year we'd still see GDP growth negative, that we'd see unemployment holding up around the eight and a half percent mark in 2021. And under that scenario, they were suggesting a 32% decline in housing values. So it certainly wasn't the base case, and uh, it does align with uh, some other sort of worst-case scenarios that um, have been suggested in the marketplace, which, which don't seem to be at the moment any chance of playing out. 
Okay, well, we'll keep a close eye on this, Tim. Thanks for, for your insight and, of course, that report available from um, CoreLogic RP Data. Tim, thanks for your time. Thanks, Kevin. Good to chat. Some really good signs coming out of the West Australian market. I'll be joined by Emma Everett from Momentum Wealth based in Perth, and we talk about those indicators. Uh, they sh are showing that uh, the Perth market may just, in fact, lead us out of this downturn. That's up next. This is Real Estate Talk. Propertyology specialises in helping everyday Australians invest in residential real estate. Built on the belief that property investing requires completely different skills to buying a family home, the business has formed a team of specialists to research, select and negotiate the right property purchase for aspiring investors. With a national focus on property markets, Propertyology is out to prove that you don't need to live or work in a particular city to enjoy a successful property investment. Propertyology, the science of property investment where your best interest is their priority. We love getting your questions. Just email them in or send them through the website. If we can't answer your question in the show with one of our experts, we will answer it in person. Get the best advice right here. This is Real Estate Talk. Well, news during the week that Perth's residential market is well-placed for faster recovery. Why so, you might ask? Well, let's check in with the Chair of Momentum Wealth's Residential Investment Committee based uh, out of that wonderful city, uh, Emma Everett. And uh, Emma, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for having me, Kevin. It's great to chat to you again. After so many years of really difficult times in that market, it's good to see some good news coming out of Perth. What's behind it, Emma? Look, it's interesting, Kevin. We started to see some tightening market conditions towards the end of last year, and that was confirmed in CoreLogic's reported growth figures in, in the early months of 2020. Uh, so we, we saw, I suppose, some of those factors start to collide in, in the right way. Tightening stock, cheaper money in the form of lower interest rates, and then rising demand from some sectors of, of buyers in the market. And of course, investors have been enjoying rising rents and a lower rate, vacancy rate for the last 12 months. So that brought some investor confidence back into the market as well prior to the current market disruption. There has been a bit of a drop-off in buyer activity though, hasn't there? Yeah, we certainly saw um, in the early weeks after the restrictions were put in place and, and I suppose as all of us nationally waited to see how this COVID pandemic would uh, escalate and what would happen, we saw both buyers and sellers sit on the sidelines. And that's what's been really different about this disruption compared to previous market changes. And normally we would see perhaps buyers leave the market and then sellers left to compete to sell their properties. And, and that's where we might expect to see price drops. In this scenario, what we've seen is buyers and sellers waiting out the market. So we've seen listings withdrawn from market and a slowdown in new listings. So while the buyer transactions have, have dropped, uh, that hasn't actually led to an increase in competition between sellers or widespread, widespread discounting of prices. Yeah, so it's been I, a really interesting market conditions and very unusual for us. Yeah, very unusual. And, and I do think that that's really been supported by the fact of the, the number of subsidies that are in place for people not to have to sell, so you don't have to sell. But I, I, we have noticed in recent, uh, in recent weeks that the um, pre-listing activity from agents, are, they're reporting a bit of an uplift in that, which is an indication that more listings could be coming through, Emma? Absolutely. We're seeing that from realestate.com and also from CoreLogic. Uh, and interestingly, realestate.com.au are commenting that property views online are higher than they were this time last year. 
and CoreLogic are indicating an increase in CMAs and that other pre-listing activity. Mm. Uh, but certainly very grateful for all the stimulus activities that have been in place, both from government, but also from industry, like the banking industry. The more secure people feel in their employment and in their cash flow, the easier it is for them to avoid a forced sale of their property. Uh, we have noticed too that with listings, uh, days on market at the uh, at the top end, those that have been on the market for longer than 90 days, that's actually blown out, which is not really a surprise, I guess, because uh, we've seen um, a slowdown in buyer activity, which is indicating that the turnover rate's just nowhere near what it should be or what it normally is. Look, it's interesting to see there is a percentage of properties that stay on the market long term. And we do see that in most markets, even in a hot market, you'll still see those properties that stick, normally because they've been poorly priced or poorly presented for the market. What's been really interesting about days on market is that we've gone from 74 days on market prior to Christmas to just 39 days on market on average in the Perth market today, which considering the market conditions that we're in, uh, that's a really surprising result and, and one we're really pleased to see. I noticed too in your report that you're saying that uh, some buyers are taking advantage of this these market conditions and they're actually trading up into more aspirational areas, Emma? Absolutely. So it's interesting. We're seeing that the price growth, when you look at it by segment, is being led by our, our higher price suburbs. Mm. And so that that's a price recovery off a low base compared to recent years. So there's been some... Uh, there's been some good activity in our premium and also, I suppose, those second-tier suburbs as people use this opportunity to buy in a nicer area while interest rates are cheap and uh, and while the prices are more affordable. So it's been a great opportunity in those markets to trade up. Uh, can we Just to, in closing, one of the other indicators we look at is uh, vendor discounting, that is the, the amount of uh, reduction between the listing price and the eventual sale price. Uh, are you getting any indicators about what's happening in that area? Look, it's interesting. We've been following that a little bit with, with Rewa, and I haven't seen a huge change in that over the last um, two months in official data. I did notice that last week's discount was slightly higher. What's been interesting on an anecdotal level and on the ground is that we've been finding it quite hard to buy bargains. Um, where we were monitoring the market very actively for good discounted properties, you know, good opportunities for our clients to enter the market as an investor or a home buyer and get a good price. What we've actually noticed is that well-priced properties are competitive. And in fact, our buyer's agency team has missed out on a number of properties over the last few weeks uh, to other buyers, which is which is not a result we expected to see, uh, but a good, a good indicator of the health of the overall market. Mm, indeed. Uh, Emma, thanks very much for your time. Emma Everett is the Chair of Momentum Wealth's uh, Residential Investment Committee, and uh, she's based in Perth. No better person to talk to. Emma, thanks for your time. Thanks so much for having me. Our final segment is up in this week's show. Next, as I'm joined by Damacon's Warren Gibson, we talk about an alternative to reverse mortgage, releasing a lot of equity in property that is owned by some Australian seniors. And this has got an interesting twist to it. That comes up next. This is Real Estate Talk. Successful property investors know the value of leverage, but as many as 80% are willing to leave sometimes thousands of dollars of unclaimed benefits on the table every year by overlooking depreciation. Depreciation is the wear and tear of a building and its plant and equipment. The ATO allows the owners of any income producing property to claim depreciation as a deduction, meaning you will pay less tax. 
BMT's fee is 100% tax deductible. Call BMT Tax Depreciation on 1300 728 726 now for a free assessment of your likely deductions. That's 1300 728 726 or use the link at Real Estate Talk. I came across a, a wonderful solution for seniors who are running short on cash flow and you know we've talked about oversized properties and what seniors could be doing to release some equity that they've built up in their property. Of course, is the reverse mortgage, but there is a new and very innovative way that I want to tell you about today. It's been released by Domacom, D-O-M-A-C-O-M. Uh, they've got a new model for seniors' equity release. It takes a different approach to the more traditional reverse mortgage, which I've already mentioned. Uh, joining me to talk about this, Domacom's marketing manager, Warren Gibson. Warren, thanks very much for your time. Thank you, Kevin. Pleasure tell, to be here. Tell me how it works. Uh, we came up with this idea that um, the, the traditional uh, equity releases are based on debt. We wanted to base our model on, on equity, where you can literally sell uh, a, a portion of your, of your home. Um, now, you know, everybody knows it's sort of fairly difficult. There's one title. You either sell it all or you sell nothing. Um, but it's all about the legal structure. And that's what we, we came up with. It took us a number of years to get regulatory approval for this for this model, but it's a fractional investment model. Okay. In other well, words, the, the, the property sits in a in, in a legal structure and units are issued. Okay, so it is, and we're going to cover off at the end of this about what the risks are and the sort of advice you should get, but I just, I don't want to deal too much on the negatives because I think this is such a huge positive. Can you simplify it for me, because I'm a pretty simple person, can you just give me a simple example? All right. Bob and Betty have a million dollar house. They'd like to get some uh, um, equity release uh, for whatever purpose, you know, uh, help fund their retirement, uh, buy a new car, go on a trip whatever it is that they want to do, help family members and so on. So they could sell 10% of their house. Once you sell 10% of the house, you own 90% and you're renting the other 10. So you've got to pay rent to the person who's, or the investors who put that $100,000 in. And we've set that rent at, at 3% and it's set for life. So it's quite predictable outcome here. But rather than expect Bob and Betty to be paying rent every month, we take the rent in advance. So we'll take 14% of the property, that's $140,000. $40,000 of that will, will sit in a, in a cash fund earning, earning interest uh, under the control of our custodian, uh, Perpetual Corporate Trust, and the $100,000 is theirs. They can take it as a lump sum. Or they can take it as a, a, a regular monthly payment. They can set the amount. It's flexible. They can... Uh, they can wind it up, wind it down. But let's okay. say, for example, $1,000 a month for the next 100 months. Okay, so you've covered off on a point there that I wanted to deal with, and that is the payment. So the payment can either yep. be in the form of a lump sum. So in yes. this scenario, $100,000, I could get $100,000 as a lump sum, or I could elect to have it paid to yes. me on a monthly basis, correct? Yes. The, the critical issue here is how will that $100,000 affect any Centrelink entitlement. Yeah, yeah. That's a, um, that's a separate that's, issue, I guess, yeah. yeah. Uh, can, can I ask you then the purchasers here, the, the people who are going to pick up the $100,000, hypothetically, yep. this could be members of the same family. It can be. It can be indeed. And that's okay. one of the questions that we ask. We ask, can you get funding internally uh, from your family? That way the property can virtually stay 
stay within the family. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful solution. Um, what about maintenance, uh, building insurance repairs? Is that then going to be shared by the co-owners? It is. It's shared, it's shared in proportion to, to the equity. Okay, well, given what we've discussed, and I think you might have touched on this a little bit earlier, Warren, uh, that is that I've got a house worth a million dollars, so I want to draw down $100,000 worth of uh, equity on that. Then I want to head around Australia. I can actually move out, and can I totally rent that home so it's getting some income? Yes, Kevin, you can, It's uh, and that's that's not a bad idea. You can rent the house out, go on the go on the road as a, as a nomad or whatever, and um, uh, and you can keep the rent. Um, it's your house. You, you retain the title. You can keep the rent. Another idea that, that has uh, come to light is that you, know, you might be considering retirement village living. Instead of selling your home, going into retirement village and then discovering that maybe you don't, it's not for you, there's no going back. But if you rent your house out and go and rent in a retirement village instead of purchasing for 12 months and see how it goes, if you're happy, you can ultimately sell your house. And, and live permanently in retirement. If it's not for you, you can go back to your house. Having having been down the path with a family member of a reverse mortgage, I do recall that there were some restrictions on that that were geared to postcodes, but that doesn't apply with this, does it? No, it doesn't. I think, um, you know, people own houses in, in regional towns and cities and, and capital cities all over the place. And, uh, uh, there really are no restrictions. The only restriction is whether or not somebody else wants to wants to invest in it. What if there's an existing uh, mortgage on the property, Warren? That must be that must be um, paid out. Okay, so that's it got to be, be cleared out. out. For the yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be an unencumbered property. Okay, so getting back to that um, that hypothetical, I pull a hundred thousand dollars out of the house. That has to be used to satisfy the balance of the mortgage. Uh, which yes. then leaves the property unencumbered, apart from the co-ownership. Yeah. Um, I, I guess, like with all financial products, there are risks. Can we just deal with that before we close off? There are a number of issues, and one of them is people must get advice. This is an, an ASIC requirement for our particular product because it is a financial product. It's not a credit product like a reverse mortgage or a real estate product. So it can only be advised on by an by, um a licensed financial planner, and they in turn have to be accredited to give advice on our on our product. Yeah, so that's not really a risk; it's that's risk mitigation. And I think it's a very important point you make here that this is a financial product, and the person offering it has to be licensed to do so. So it's not just anyone. Yep. We're in the process now of getting advisors accredited all over Australia to give this advice. Yeah, well, it's a great product um, and it's a great step forward, I think, for, for seniors. If you want to get a bit more information, go to the website. Uh, that's just simply yep. DOMA, D-O-M-A-C-O-M. Is that a .com.au? It is. Yep. Okay, so domacom.com.au and you'll see all yep. the information in there about that. Uh, Warren Gibson, who is the marketing manager for Domacom, thanks for your time, Warren. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin, very much. That's it for today and for this week. Thanks very much for your company. Thanks to Tyler Blackburn, Veronica Morgan, Tim Lawless, Emma Everett and Warren Gibson. I'm Kevin Turner. I look forward to catching up with you again next week. See you then.
Real Estate Talk. We're part of the Switch Media Group, producing Real Estate Talk, Ari Uncut, Property News Update, Property Tech Talk, Downsizer Show, Offshore 101, and two weekly CoreLogic Auction Update shows. The preview on Friday and the review with all the results and a look inside the top sales in each state on Monday. We string them all live on all social media channels and on YouTube, and then they all live at propertytv.io where you can watch them at any time. The shows are made possible with support from BMT Tax Depreciation and Propertyology. Real Estate Talk is a proud member of the Property Investment Professionals of Australia. Thanks so much for being with us and watch out for us in your inbox next weekend. Or you can catch us anytime at propertytv.io.